up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your show reviews, concert reviews, and so much more. And with me, as always, is the... Well, I think he's a little bit down in the dumps, Daniel Terry, after last night's uh, loss. You know, I, I've i been thinking about how I'm going to rebuke everything that you're saying, but I can't I can't defend a 5-1 to one loss in a, in a potential, like... I mean, we we could have won. We could have we could have had the Stanley Cup like right now. We, we could. I mean, if they win, are you going to go to the parade? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm like any I'm like any other St. Louis, and I'm I'm really a huge fan until I'm not. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those deals where like how many how many St. Louisans do you think were Blues fans until we actually finished the playoffs? I have no idea. I mean, from the story you told the other night, uh, not a whole lot because they they always lose. We're very laissez-faire. Yeah, let's put it that way. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you got some World Series under your belts. Yeah, quite a few of those. I mean, I, you know, you can't can't beat us in baseball. I mean, you can, but uh, <laughs> but not every time. And I'm currently watching the NBA Finals right now, so getting to we're we're getting our sports on. And uh, kind of speaking to this episode, uh, being you know us talking about things that we don't typically talk about, we have Craig Gas on. Uh, this was done uh, live at the Sonic Temple Festival this year, and I think it's a little bit. Actually, I don't think it is. I know it is way different than any other uh, interview we have on here, as far as the kind of guest it is and uh, what we talk about. It's got to be the raciest uh, <laughs> interview you've done in a while. I say a while because I've heard some stuff that you guys have never heard. So oh, that's true. Yeah, no, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, this is, uh, I mean, for anyone who's listened to the uh, Jamie Josta podcast or uh, really any of the podcasts that Craig Hass is on, I mean, you're, some of these stories are going to be a little bit uh, redundant. Uh, it was kind of hard not to cut him off uh, during his Tracy Morgan story that I, I've heard before. But, you know, I let it go because maybe you guys haven't heard it and it doesn't uh, negate the punchline. It's it's uh, it's almost like a well-worn joke at this point. Like, you know, he knows all the ins and outs and where to fucking accentuate the different things. And obviously Craig Gass being a really good uh, impressionist also really helps, too. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely does some great impressions. He's a funny dude. I don't believe a word of anything that he says, but uh, he is certainly entertaining to listen to. You, uh, you don't think any of that's, that's true? Buttholes and toes? Let me put it this way. Uh, I think that some of what Craig Gass says is rooted in reality. There's no, uh, there's no doubt about it. That you know, you can, you can probably place him in certain places during certain events. Uh, <laughs> do I think everything he says is super embellished? Yes, I do. Uh, there's definitely a few. Like he told a story on Roach Coach, uh, whenever they were at the Rock and Pod Festival, that I was like, yeah, I don't think that happened. But apparently, you know, a friend of his came out later and said, yeah, no, it happened. At least part of it happened, but he changed a bunch of stuff in the story. And that just, that kind of blew my mind because as I was listening to it, I was rolling my eyes, like, pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of what, uh, I mean, being a comedian is all about, really. And I guess, you know, being a comedian is really very much just being a great storyteller. And like I kind of was making the allusion to is, you know, knowing where to accentuate or punch up the, uh, the comedy there. And, uh... You know, it's one of those things. A couple of people, when I had uh, made the comment that I was going to be interviewing Craig, uh, a couple of podcaster, fellow podcasters were like, oh, you know, he's going to pretty much just talk the whole time. You're not going to get a word in edgewise. And I don't know if that made me more of the mind to, like, just keep things going. Like, because there's a couple of times, like, where I was like, okay, the like, I know the joke's done. The funny part is done. But I'm like, let's see if I can squeeze something else out of him and just keep this thing going with another, like, a story of mine. And Sounded to me like you were <laughs> trying to top it. 
I know. And I even make the comment. I was like, I'm not trying to one up you. It's just, I'm literally, I mean, like, it's one of those things, especially as, as a guy, but it's like when you have guys who tell like wild stories, you're like, okay, let's just keep this going. Cause it's fucking fun and it's funny. Um, and you know, it's almost like <clears throat> the point of my, I guess, one up upsmanship was more rooted in, I just, you know, it's like, oh, Craig, you, you think you're pathetic? I, I, hold on. Hold my, hold my cup. Who can be the most self-depreciating? <laughs> And go. Yeah. Well, you guys certainly succeeded in that. I have way less respect for both of you now. Well, you know. <laughs> I think the highlight, too, was, and I didn't realize until watching the video, which uh, if you go to YouTube, you can see the video of uh, me talking at Craig. Uh, Craig is the focal point of the video. You don't see me. But uh, you can see that he has a, like a guest uh, laminate, and it's a system of a down. So when I made that comment about, like, yeah, I almost walked into system of a down's dressing room. I was like, I was half expecting after the fact of him be like, "See, that's where you're supposed to be." Like, "Oh, we would have ran into each other," or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he could have really pulled something out real quick, but you know, he he, he dropped the ball. That happens. And that's that's why you were there to pick the ball up and hand it back to him and be like, "Here you go, buddy." Is that kind of being like a bully, like where they just throw the ball at your head? Bam! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no warning. That's starting to remind me of high school. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna go ahead and get into this conversation, and I promise when we uh, return. I'm going to tell you a wild-ass story uh, that I promised uh, on last episode. So we'll get into this conversation with Craig Gass, and we will talk to you guys and gals when we come back. So I have the pleasure of sitting with Craig Gass here at the Sonic Temple Festival 2019. How are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, dude. Uh, this has been a first festival, so it's been kind of interesting to get the... Oh, sorry. <laughs> get in the throes of everything. So uh, has been interesting to kind of go through the first day hassles of, you know, like, where do you go? Oh, you're supposed to go here. Wait, no, you're not. Now, this is the first festival you've ever attended? Yeah, last year I was supposed to go to Louder Than Life. It's not the first, like, festival festival, but, like, as far as media. Okay, as media, so got it. it's a little bit different because, like, it's like, oh, you have to go through here. This wristband allows you these things and so forth. Right, so, right, right. Gotcha. Uh, initially, no one, I hit, you're not allowed to have your bag. As soon as I came in, I was like, I'm, I'm media. And they're like, doesn't matter. You have to have the clear bags. And I was like... There's Ugh. all these other fuckers coming in. Yeah. <laughs> what about them? Yeah. And then uh, security over here, when I was trying to find this tent, basically sent me to System of a Down's dressing room. <laughs> and then someone's like, what are you doing back here? And I was like, I don't know. I'm looking for media? And they're oh, like, oh, that's awesome. So I was just like, I know I'm... <laughs> it just felt like felt like Wayne's World. It's like... Yeah, trying what to show this? your laminates. Yeah, kind of. And you're like, I'm probably not supposed to be back here. Nothing but. is cooler than accidentally ending up in a cool spot like... Like system of a down's dressing room. That's well, pretty did, awesome. we didn't end up in it. We were like basically right outside the door, okay. and gotcha. then like my wife was just like, "I don't think we're supposed to be back." It was like, "Definitely not." There's nothing that says media like this way. It's like all band shit, like band this way or this, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, "We're not supposed to be back here." You know what? You can still get away with that idea and the premise of like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna walk out on stage in the middle of uh, sugar. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, I don't know. It's just like in the middle of like a, just a giant jam with 30,000 people in a mosh pit, and you walk out on stage. Hey, is this cool? I don't know. Am I, is this all right? I'll just bring my own microphone. Yeah. yeah. Hello. So what do you think of Sonic Temple this year? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that could work. I've definitely had comedy shows that have gotten that awkward, so. 
You know, it's kind of interesting, kind of segueing it more into the, the typical interviewee kind of thing. You know, I know, like, uh, not Florentine, it was, uh, God damn it, why? Don Jameson? No. Uh, Brian Posehn? He's another one that does a lot of these kind of things. No, uh, Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer, yeah, of course. For Metallica, so I mean... I love Jim Brewer. Over the many, 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 many years, there have been comedians opening for metal shows and so forth, Mm -hmm. so it's not an uncommon thing, but I did see a lot of people commenting, like, it's weird that there's a spoken word in comedy at a metal festival or a rock festival. Do you find that a lot of people treat it weirdly like where they're like why are you here uh that's actually everything that i'm filming with my musician friends this weekend is i'm trying to get them all on camera to say why are you here and uh it's uh i've done shows so i opened for metallica like 15 years ago in new york city brewer was actually in the audience brewer and rob zombie a bunch of super cool (laughs) well it was uh it was in a smaller room it was a place that only held a thousand people it was called the Bowery Ballroom in New York. Yeah, and uh, Metallica did a special one-night thing. And I remember calling Lars Ulrich, who had just recently become a big supporter of mine, and saying, hey, I heard you're doing like this special event, and you're performing for one night in New York. And I just want to tell you that I actually said this. If Metallica had any balls, that actually came out of my mouth. If Metallica had any balls, you would let a comedian open for you. And he called me back. I still have the message. This is a short message. Boop. Hey, man, it's Lars. I talked to James and some of the other guys. And, yeah, come down. Do a couple 15, 20 minutes or whatever the fuck it is you do on stage. And do your thing, huh? And uh, and I got to open for Metallica. And uh, it dawns on me when I get there, as much as I want to be cool, which is what a lot of us comedians want to do. We want to be, like, accepted by our favorite musicians. You get there, and then it dawns on you, Jesus Christ, everybody here's on coke. Like, why, why am I doing this? This makes no sense right. that I don't even want to see a comedian open for Metallica. If I go to a Metallica concert, I want to see Metallica, and that's it. And and it dawns on you that, like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And, uh, and you get through it. I actually came up with something that is really fucked up, which is just I walked out on stage and said, good evening, my name is Craig Gass, and I am Metallica Soundman. And everybody started cheering, and I said... <laughs> The band has some very important announcements tonight, and I just started making up a bunch of cool shit that was really cool, but was not happening. But it made everybody cheer, and I started making jokes. Everybody started laughing. Then I threw out another announcement. You may have heard some rumors, and it's true. Metallica is recording our first ever live album right here tonight. (sighs) So I need your attention. I need your attention. There's a proper way to yell on a live album, so we need to rehearse this. And every instruction I said was so dumb and stupid. And they followed everything I said, and they laughed. And then I finally said, hey, I'm actually a comedian. Please get ready for Metallica. And then I walked off stage, and they were nobody even knew. Now, I would assume this is them, because they always perform in the round. Have you, have you performed in the round like that before? Like, where the audience basically is all around you like that? I performed in the round, but not in an arena. I performed in the, in the round in comedy venues uh, and in theaters. There's uh, a theater that I actually grew up going to concerts at in Arizona called the Celebrity Theater. It was when I saw my first ever comedy show. I saw George Carlin there, and I actually got to perform there at the beginning of this year or last year. Um, and I also went to, I saw Megadeth in this theater. I saw Guns N' Roses on the Appetite for Destruction tour in this theater. Um, saw, it's, it was crazy to stand on the same stage that I had, like, 
gone to so many shows. So, yeah, but the short answer is yes, I've done shows in the round, but not... I was going to say, I know like that's a. it would seem like that's a rather intimidating thing because it's like instead of whatever is in front of you, that's yeah. what you have to focus on. Yeah. It's like, you know, they always say like you got to play to the you know the cheap seat sometimes. Right, right. So if you have people behind you and you're like, oh shit, I, yeah, by the way, hey, he's, you know, looking at my back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you always have to be aware of everybody around you, and I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I feel comfortable doing that, because I, I move around a lot anyway, and I, I tend to, in comedy clubs, just get off the stage and just start walking around the room and doing comedy. I just feel comfortable doing that. So, so something, you may not get this at all today or in some of the interviews maybe you do. Uh, my wife and I, before we met, are big Sex and City fans individually. Oh, nice! And then together it was like, all right, so we both have the entire sh- series on DVD when that was still a thing. Yeah. Uh, collecting shows on DVD, not on your iTunes library. Yep. But uh, it was funny because when I knew I was talking to you, I was like telling my wife because she was like, well, what do you have? I was like, do you remember the episode, the Weight Watchers episode? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, yes. And I was like, the Weight Watchers Anonymous can't use this one because of the donut and the, yeah. the glazed face guy. She goes, yeah. yeah, I was like talking to him. She goes, oh, wow. <laughs> the and, guy who Cynthia kept coming all over his face yes Miranda kept coming all over his face yes and I was like so it's uh, it's very funny like when I had to explain to because we're in an Airbnb with like 13 other people nice and so when people were like oh who are you interviewing and I was like oh Craig Gass and they're like um I was like anybody here a Sex and City fan yeah and they're like I was like Clay's Donut Face and they're like oh so it's, it's interesting the same way I talk to my family when I go it's me Craig and they go um and I go Sex and the City remember I did a King of Queens <laughs> Well, that was the other thing. I was like, you might remember him from King of Queens, and you know he's done some other things. But it's interesting to see you have such a wide array of of things to pull from between King of Queens, Sex and the City, yeah, uh, even doing like you know comedy itself. And it kind of makes me wonder: is it weird to see the wide demographic potentially of who you reach over the career that you've had? I usually know. Like, women and gay men, usually, if they stop me, I, I, I have an idea they're going to say sex in the city. If I were to have approached you, would you have assumed I would have said that? Um, no, I would have. You know what? I'll tell you this. And I've told Jim Florentine and Don Jameson this before. At Game 7 of the World Series, when the Cubs won the World Series for the first time in over 100 years, I got tickets to the game, and I'm a big sports fan, so I wanted to be there to witness history. Yeah, either way, it would have been history, whether it was the Indians or whether it was the Cubs. And I had seats that were decent. I'm, I'm upstairs above the third baseline. But as I'm walking around the stadium, I got recognized by an employee of the Indians who was a black dude. And the black dude stopped me and said, yo, wait a minute, weren't you on? And I was thinking he was going to say family guy, maybe king of queens. And he goes, yo, weren't you on that metal show? And I go, shut the fuck up. You're f- you love metal? He goes, dude, I love metal. And I go, no way. Who are your favorite bands? And he said, Metallica and Kiss. And I was like, dude, first of all, do you know that I opened for Metallica? Second of all, do you know about my crazy history with Gene Simmons? And and we went back and forth. And um, and that guy, while I'm talking to him, he's uh, he keeps stopping because he has to scan tickets uh, and hand out wristbands. And I said, what are those wristbands for? And he said, oh, it's a, we have a private club. Uh, behind the home plate. It's called the Home Plate Club. Do you want a wristband? And I said, sure. And he gave me a wristband, and I ended up from that suite sneaking down to the third row, and I was in the third row when the Cubs won the World Series, hanging out with Bill Murray. There's, If you see Bill Murray celebrating when the Cubs win, it's all because of Jim Florentine and Don Jameson that I ended up hanging out with Bill Murray, because I got recognized from that metal show. So no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I would have guessed maybe that metal show if you came up to me. 
It is. It's, it's kind of funny because it's like I get a lot of people who like currently uh, I'm wearing my Mar- one of my Mariah my Mariah Carey shirt. Yeah. Tomorrow would probably be my Janet Jackson shirt. <laughs> a, it's, it's. I do like these artists. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that's funny is like, you come to these things and it's like. First of all, like I'm with my wife and a handful of friends, so it's like, what's the easiest way to stand out? Well, wear a white T-shirt first and foremost. Yeah. Secondly, not have it be a band T-shirt, have it be like a pop singer's T-shirt. Fuck yeah. And you're probably gonna stick out like a sore thumb. Fuck yeah. Um, so it's like a lot of people today have come up to me like, I love your shirt. And yeah, it's like, I love it too. It's first thing I noticed when I walked out. I was like, fuck yeah, well, man. I mean, it's got rainbows and it's got you know Mariah. It's basically the exact same image, but on the back, it's got a. It's a bootleg ass shirt I found on wow, eBay. Wow, that uh, is awesome. So it's uh, it's been a thing where I just have been collecting shirts like this because it's like when I go to metal shows, I'll either wear like pop act like singers, yeah, or I'll wear rap t-shirts. Like I have a nice t-shirt I got from the show that they played a couple of months ago. Nice. And when I go to hip hop shows, I wear metal shirts. Yeah. So it's like whatever I'm in, I'm gonna be the complete opposite of what I people are seeing. That. I love it. And it throws people so much because they just look at me and they're like, "You're tattooed," so I would assume you would be wearing. Like, yeah. showing up at, like, ice tea shows <laughs> and, like, going to the NWA show, and everyone's like, do you listen to this? And it's like, yes. I grew up on, like, your MTV raps and, like, all that stuff, and I'm originally from the East Coast, so, like, I do, I grew up more initially, like, with 80s metal and, like, early hip-hop. Me too. And so it's very weird that, like, people are, like, don't seem to think there's crossover, but it's like there totally is, and it's very amusing to me to see and kind of mindfuck people. Like, today, like, I was like, I hope no one asked Craig about Sex in the City. Like, I hope that is on nobody's fucking radar. Nobody had. Because, to me, this is the perfect example to pull it out at a fucking rock and metal festival where people are going to be like, so let's talk about Miranda coming on your face. You know what? Can I tell you a really fucked up story about that? Okay, go ahead. Uh, and I'm assuming uh, if you're a fan of Sex in the City, this will not be offensive to you. This is a really graphic story. Please tell me it involves squirting. All right, so I walk onto the set, and I'm working with Cynthia Nixon. I put on... Oh, that ball bag thing you got to wear. Uh, no, I, uh, I have to... Uh, I walk on... Um, I put on 35 pounds to be on the show because we met at a Weight Watchers meeting. Actually, sidetrack just for a second. Someone did ask me because they were like, oh, he slimmed down. And I was like, I thought I had heard that he gained weight for that role. But Yeah, I did. I gained weight for the role, and then uh, I get on the set, and... I have a really bad self-image. I had heard rumors that the girls didn't get along with each other, so I was really nervous and thinking, like, oh, man, if they don't like each other, like, she's going to hate me. I'm so big and gassy now. Like, I had put on so much weight, and, and, uh, and she ended up being really cool. And I said, hey, listen, I don't know how you want me to do this. My first day on the set, I had to go down on Cynthia for 19 hours from 6 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock the next morning. They had to block it off. Different, different uh, shots. And then also there's multiple dates that end up in bed. So as stupid as it was, we kept filming with different sets of underwear on while I was going down on her. And she just said, you know what? Just have fun, but keep your mouth right here on the inside of my thigh. And I was like, all right, let's see it. And I spent all day with my mouth on her, on her inner thigh, but my face kept rubbing and making a lot of contact. After four or five orgasm shots, I could smell it. It wasn't a bad smell, but it was, there was a reaction. It was like a happy smell. She was into it. And I remember it got thicker and thicker with each take to the point when even when I was sitting up in bed and listening to the director, I could still smell it wafting up underneath my nose. And I was like, this is the greatest fucking day of my life. Like, I thought she wasn't going to like me, and she clearly doesn't hate me. And something weird happened during that day where we were making small talk 
I kept trying to ask her questions to get to know her because I'm going down on her all day. My face is in her crotch, and I go, so uh, so you have a kid in real life, right? And she goes, yeah. And I go, that's cool. So are, are you married? And she said, no, nah, I've been dating this guy. And, and I go, that's cool. How long have you guys been dating? And she said, uh, 12 years. And I was like, I've been dating a guy for 12 years? How's that going? And she went, it's all right. That weekend, she got knocked up. Nine months later, she announced to the world, I've just had a baby, and I'm leaving my man, and I am a lesbian. And all my friends were like, dude, you turned her gay. And they all thought it was me that turned her gay. And I had to convince them, that's my baby. If it wasn't for me rubbing your mom all day, she wouldn't have run home and said, you know what, just fucking jam it and let's do it. Can you use any of this? Oh, yeah. All right. (laughs) I'll, I'm not trying to one-up you, but to equally go to that same thing, my high school sweetheart ended up going to college. I did not. And came back. She was like, oh, do you mind if I bring my girlfriend? And I was like, sure. Thinking, like, girlfriend. My girlfriend. And then upon hanging out, I realized, like, oh, we're not dating anymore because you're a lesbian and you oh. are now. So I was like, so there was that. Oh. Then uh, the girl I dated right before my wife now I ended up leaving this person to, to start dating my wife. All right. And that person is now transitioning to be a man. Nice. So, All right. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I think I almost uh, qualify to be in the Hall of Fame in baseball now. I think I'm wow. at like a, you know, what, two for three? <laughs> so I'm at 60, 66%. Good for you. <laughs> and here she is. Your transition wife is now Scott over here. All right. Hey, all hey, right, Scott. Uh, She's a fried cook. Is the Instagram cook. filter that everyone's using to look like Caitlyn Jenner all yeah, of a sudden? Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty awesome. I love that. It's very weird. I, I, you know, not, I don't really talk about too many social issues, but I do find it interesting. You know, everyone's posting these photos of themselves as different genders, and I'm like, you know, it's cool that we're, we're doing this, and, you know, good laugh or whatever, and dudes are hitting on their guy friends, like, oh, I would totally fucking bang you right now, or vice versa. But the weird thing is that I can't help but, like, think of is the fact that it's, like, how many trans people have been beaten up for oh, yeah. the same thing? For sure. And I just kind of look at it, it's like looking at it from afar, and you're just like, are we, has anyone kind of thought about that at all? Yeah. It's a fucked up world, man. That's why we're coming out here to have fun this weekend. Just forget about life for a while, because everything outside of here is fucked up. So we're just here trying to have some fun, have some laughs, enjoy some good music this weekend. Because obviously, you know, you kind of dipped into your Lars impression, and, you know, I know you have a, a plethora of impressions that you do. One that I find interesting, because if people don't know and they just hear it, which is typically how the impressions work when you do radio and so forth, is your Tracy Morgan. I love Tracy Morgan. I wonder in today's PC culture, have you caught any shit for doing that? Not at all. No, not at all. In fact, uh... Every time I do Shaquille O'Neal's podcast, the first thing he does is he wants me to prank call all of his friends as Tracy Morgan. Actually, I've done some Al Pacino and stuff, too. But, no, there's there's definitely no sensitivity to it. And Tracy Morgan also is not a sensitive person. So, you know, uh, so when you do the voice, people just can hear it. One of my favorite, all-time favorite entertainment business stories. I love a good entertainment business story. But my all-time favorite entertainment business story is an agent walks me. I was doing, an, uh, I was opening for Dave Chappelle in like 2001 at Caroline's. This agent walks up to me, super nervous. Right before the the show, Chappelle's show came up. Right he was actually he was doing a Monday night at Caroline's, and he was playing clips of this show. Hey, I got a new show coming out, and I want to play you a sketch. 
it's a blind black guy who thinks he's a member of the he, he thinks he's white and he, he's playing clips and and the clips are killing like this is going to be an amazing show and this agent walks up to me he's super nervous and this agent goes did you hear about that party last weekend and i go did you hear about what and he goes you're about the fucking party and i go what party and he goes tracy morgan had a party that turned into a fucking orgy and i go what and he goes turn to an orgy we're standing around with our suits on and there's naked people fucking and i was like fucking like and he goes no fucking okay fucking 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 and then and then tracy morgan comes around the corner takes up all those clothes and starts fucking everybody and i was like what when was this and he goes last saturday night right at that moment tracy morgan walks around the corner i haven't seen tracy in probably a year and i go tracy i heard your party was fucked up man and tracy rolled over and he just started staring at me and he went it was crazy it was crazy you know what's crazy about it, Craig? When you get off on my floor, you don't even hear nothing. You don't hear nothing at all. Then you start walking through my apartment, and you still don't hear nothing. Then you knock on my door, but you still don't hear nothing, right? And when I open the door, there's buttholes and toes everywhere. And I was like, buttholes and toes? And he went, yeah, some of them toes were in the buttholes. And he walked out of the room. It's one of the most magical things I've ever heard in my life. I've seen some shit working. One of my first jobs was working at a strip club. No what shit. Club. Wait, in what city? Uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. Um, and it was in the middle of, at the time, it was in the middle of the hood. Um, okay. So, seen some shit. Did they pick up the strip club and move it to a better neighborhood? <laughs> Here's the funny thing. They actually moved it about where my parents live now. It's still in Kalamazoo. They moved it about two miles away from where my parents live. So it's like... No shit! It's now kind of like in the middle of nowhere, but like, in the, still in the city. Um... But it was kind of fucked up. A nice like, Uber, right? I have learned from working there at such a young age, like just women of all kind are beautiful. Yeah. But it also taught me how to hustle in weird ways. Yeah. Like if you're an asshole who comes in with your fucking wallet open to show, to give me your ID or pay to get in. Yeah. All right, you got about $400. Yeah. If there's someone who actually is pretty nice to me. Yeah. Guy's got $400 cash. Yeah. And then they would go, and if they got dances or whatever, he spent money on them, they'd come and tip me out. Yeah. Wow. Like, no shit. Because uh, we were a fully nude bar, bar, so we served pop or soda. Yeah. Uh, we, if people would tip me, I would just crumple up. Like, if I had 20 bucks, I'd grab a 20, crumple it beyond to where you can't even see what it is and put it back in the bowl. Yeah. And people would be like, you've only made, like, a dollar. I'm like, no one has to tip me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'd throw another 10 in or something like that, and I would just keep it, like... Man, that is a serious hustle. But, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, at 18, 19, when you're kind of figuring out who you are and all this kind of stuff, to work in such a very seedy, shitty environments yeah. I think a lot of people should work in something like that because it either is going to tell you it tells you more about who you are because if you're a shitty fucking person either it's going to bring it out in you or if you at least have some moral character it's also going to bring that out in you as well very quickly yeah I feel that's why New York City people who grew up in New York is like you have to have so much self-awareness of your surroundings I feel like people in New York City are always just always aware of everything that's going on and you develop a sixth sense about all the people around you in a room at any given time because there's just always weird shit in New York. And uh, although New York has gotten softer, uh, but it still, you know, it's, it's, it still has that element about it in, in certain neighborhoods. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend. I think it's going to be a, a fun weekend, and, and I'm excited to watch Henry Rollins. I'm, ex I'm excited to see Dice tomorrow. I'm excited to see... Uh, uh, system of a Down. It's just, it's, there's a lot of friends here that are performing. I'm really excited to see. So, do you know what Tom Morello's doing in the spoken word thing? 
Uh, he's doing a spoken word thing and um, just a Q and A storytelling. I think, it's a, I think it's spoken word, as far as I know. It's so spoken it's like word. more Rollins. It's more like Rollins esque. Yeah, everyone tonight that's going to be on that stage are all spoken word people that I that I saw. So, yeah. What? Uh, who are you most excited to see here tonight or over the festival as a whole? Uh, probably System because I'm a huge System of Down fan and I'm. They happen to be huge fans of mine. I I opened for System of a Down a few years ago. Um, I happened to be on the East Coast for something, and uh, John Dolmayan, the drummer system, texted me and said, hey, where are you? And I said, hey, dude, I'm in New York. And he said, what are you doing on, I think it was like a Friday night. And I go, uh, I don't know why. You, you need, uh, I made some kind of joke about what he needed, and he said, we want you to be our opening act in Toronto at the Molson Amphitheater. And I was like, sure. And he was like, yeah, we... We, we don't have an opening act uh, at the Molson Amphitheater, and we were all like sitting around talking about who we could get for just one show. And then someone just said, how funny it would be if we got Craig to show up? And it was like, fuck, I would love to. And so talked to the promoter, and they made the arrangements, and I went up, and I got to open for System. But I just love those guys, and they're just they're so cool live. They're just such an original band. Um, disturbed. Um, the Struts! The Struts! I've, I've opened for the Struts a few times over the last two years. Love the Struts. Uh, so I'm excited to see you. I'm sorry I interrupted you. What was the no, question? I was going to say, did you uh, see the David Draymond lookalike that got posted? I think I did. I saw Dave <laughs> post that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, it's just going to be a fun weekend. It's a great lineup this weekend. So some really killer bands. So I'm excited. Awesome. And what is the rest of uh, 2019 all for you? 2019 is going to be a lot. Of, I'm doing a lot of voiceover stuff. I started doing stuff with Family Guy and American Dad a few years ago. Now I'm starting to do some Disney, potentially some Disney stuff. I've been auditioning for a lot of Disney stuff lately, and there's just a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot more TV work this year, so, and I'm excited about that. And uh, and I have a really cool idea for a comedy special I'm going to film that's very rock-themed, so. Here's my absolute last question, just because you brought up the comedy special thing. Sure. Do you feel with Netflix, with all the streaming apps, every avenue now that there is for something, do you feel that the comedy special in name has kind of been devalued? Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's like a guy with a microphone shot the same way because they have the same producer for, like, I think HBO, all the production people on HBO, it's like almost every single one. It's been uniform. The same people are setting those shows up, the same camera people, the same producers, uh, same directors. So all the shows end up looking the same. And uh, the specials, I think it was Chris Rock who said... Uh, they don't put out specials n anymore. They just put out averages. <laughs> it's not special. It's just kind of average. And uh, and someone needs to change that fucking thing up. And um, I love what Jeff Ross did, where Jeff Ross went and just talked to prisoners. Then he went and went to the, the border wall and, and roasted the wall. And, um, and I love just doing anything that's just different, that's outside the box. And... The comedy special that I filmed, it's called The Worst Comedy Show Ever. And I have some cameos in there from some of the guys in Alice in Chains or on the CD version. Um, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam's on the, the, the video version. And, uh, and I just, I'm constantly wanting to do things that are outside the box. So Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time and looking forward to your set tomorrow. Yeah, man. And uh, maybe bump around at some point, maybe. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
So that was my uh, kind of lengthy uh, in comparison to most of the chats I had at Sonic Temple Festival with Craig Gass. I, as a Sex and the City fan, really uh, enjoyed the uh, Miranda story. I don't care if it was real, if it was not. Uh, the cr- the timeline does add up for sure. Um, and it's one of those things that uh, everything he was talking about, you know, basically like when you shoot a scene, you know, it's not just here's the one angle. It's like several angles. And then, you know, you know, if you're doing multiple days, quote unquote, worth like he was saying, it's like I can totally see it being you know a solid 18 hours of just being buried in someone's crotch and it's like you know uh and she did have a kid shortly thereafter and like i remember when he was telling that story or when it came out when he started telling that story I was like but she's a lesbian <laughs> like i knew that i knew that was coming i just didn't know that the the timeline roughly was like i probably got her all like horned up and then she was just like fuck me already <laughs> wow yeah i mean again that's definitely one of those situations where i'm like yeah I know you were on the show, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very wild story. I'll, I will give it that a hundred percent. Dan right now is the living embodiment of the meme I saw, and it's an old meme, but I saw it today and I just always laugh at it, where it's this kid wearing a misfit shirt and the old grandpa at the top's like, you little fat lion shit, you don't fucking like misfits, never heard you play misfits once in your entire life, little lion Clearly asshole. Clearly you listen to my other podcast. <laughs> And have been on it several times. <laughs> That's pretty much the type <laughs> yes. of uh, attitude that we embody. Oh, man. But, uh, no, it was really fun. And uh, as promised, uh, so uh, in between all of this stuff happening, uh, I had mentioned on the last episode, the, the big Sonic Temple Festival episode, that I had basically just come back from Atlanta. So something very in line with this, and it's not embellishing at all. This is all 100% truth. Uh, I think my friend that went with us definitely has video, and if not, I can show you a documentary from Viceland uh, on this club. So <clears throat> we went to my wife, uh, my wife, a friend of ours, and I all went to Atlanta to go catch a baseball game. But while we were there for all of 38 hours, um, we decided that one of the things we wanted to do was go to this place called Magic City, which is like, it's like where hip hop dudes go. Like for legitimately, like Future goes there. Um, they are known for breaking hip hop artists um, and stuff like that. Like that's where Future came from. That's where Designer came from. Uh, like when Drake will go there. Like, apparently for Future's birthday, story goes that Drake had a Brinks truck brought in full of money to like just go ape shit with. We've all been there. Girls in this documentary that you can find, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes, uh, warning, there is tons of nudity in it, of course, and foul language. Um, but if you're listening to this, then you don't shouldn't care. But <laughs> the thing is, is like one of the girls talks about how after like working for a week, just one week, she had already made 40 grand. Oh, that doesn't make me just want to go drown myself in a bucket. Yep. So you get in there. And, you know, you get patted down. And, you know, like, most of the time, like, I think I've even gotten patted. Like, I think the pat down I got going into Magic City was more thorough than what I get at an airport. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they can't have you sneaking stuff in there. No. So I get in there. And then we all get in there. It's like 20 bucks. So you get into this thing. And then there's, like, a very small room where you you pay. You get get your money and all that kind of shit. Then you open this door. And now behind the door, you just hear loud, like, bass-heavy music. And, you you know, you hear it sounds like a club, like a party. Now, (laughs) when I say I opened the door and I was like, I you know, I have worked at a strip club, as you heard in this episode. I vaguely know what to expect as soon as I opened a, a door to such a place. But what I was expecting was going to be dark, 
and like kind of really like low key like people just in pockets around the club because that's that's how it is at a normal strip club it's low and people kind of like kind of like to keep themselves and the the only lights and all that shit is on the stage like where your the focal point should be now you walk into magic city it is lit up you can see everything and if there is a vip it's not being separated by a rope no security no nothing everyone is equal and we walk in and i think we got about three feet not even into the into the building where the club is and there's two women butt ass naked like just butthole like next to like my elbow area and just money a stack of money on the floor like it looked like they just had money carpet that's like what we kept referring to this in later on throughout the night we're like it was like money carpet and you just see everything you've ever seen in like every rap video like just dudes just tossing money like there was one dude i like i had money envy because i was just like i had money i had ones but like there was a dude was in a conversation with this guy they're smoking hookah like there was a ton of hookahs in there too by the way which is interesting and you can also smoke uh almost everywhere in atlanta uh indoors so keep that in mind too so i end up thinking about going to one of the girls and, and giving some money to them and donating to their their cause and this dude just casually, like, it's almost like he, like, left something near the stage. Because, like, he's in mid-thought, stops for a second, like, literally takes the longest, like, lean, like, if he was, like, going to hand off something. And then just flings, like, a little stack of money and then sits back down and starts talking to his friends. And I was like, yeah, man, I, I don't have money like that to, to do shit like that in here. Um, so... I felt a little out of my element. Now, the other thing, too, is I felt extra white bread going there because they said on the website that you're supposed to dress casual, like, uh, like kind of like business casual. Oh, my. So I got a fucking, like, you know, a collared shirt with buttons and, and stuff like that, and everyone else kind of dressed up. We get there. There are dudes that dress like I normally would dress, and I was like, God damn it. And like, not only are we one of literally, like, I can count us all on one hand, white people in this fucking place, but now I look way stupid. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is lame. But I gotta say, like, I like I said, I used to work at a club that was a fully nude club. So, like, the idea of it just, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I've never seen naked women in a strip club before like that. But what was just so outrageous to me was, like, like I said, like, you could, like, the lights were just on. You could just see everything. And, like, the things they were, like, were getting away with, I was like, I can't believe you can do that here. But, yeah, no, that shit was wild, man. Like, and, like, we stayed there for, like, about an hour or so. Until you until you ran out of ones. No, that well, that was the funny thing is Bridget went to go get some ones. She went to turn around and get some ones because we were trying to pay in everything in cash, obviously. Rules everything around you. And, uh... Was one of those things like we? She felt bad. She was like, "Excuse me, can I get ones?" But then, as soon as she turned around, they literally had bricks of ones like behind the bar. So they how many just, bricks you want? Yeah, kind of. And then they have like one of those bill counters that just fucking goes through it. Um, and it just kind of reminded me as someone who's worked in food and retail and stuff like that, and has had to do like bank runs and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff, and be like, okay, so we got to make sure we have money enough for Sunday because banks are closed. So like, how I got to get extra ones and change and all that stuff. And I was like. How the fuck do they do that here? <laughs> it was wild. It was like it was everything I had ever hoped it would be, and then some. And then our friend got a lap dance, and I was like, "How was?" It? And he goes, "It was tight." And I was like, <laughs> "You like to explain?" <laughs> was, no, I didn't have to have him explain. I could see what he was doing. I could see the smile on his face from across the room, but uh, which also made it kind of awkward because like anywhere you're looking, like sometimes there would just be girls dancing, like. 
it was so crowded in that room and the way that they have it laid out it's like you walk through and it feels like you're at like a normal club that like it just happens to be naked women all around you and it just defied everything that I've ever seen because it's like though like most strip clubs like typically when you get fully nude most women are kind of shy about showing their asshole these women were just like putting it out first like it's like oh, I'd rather have you look at my asshole than my pussy and you're just like wow all right cool I more power to you and seeing them just like take their money and like stuff it in garbage like I saw like <laughs> little like garbage bags and shit and I was like everything in that video is is totally legit like I guess that's why the you don't have garbage bags full of money I mean I stopped doing that oh okay I mean do you still do that is that how where you keep your money I mean that's I thought that's how that's how everybody stored and your their address money. is what again yeah yeah uh, I'll send it to you in a, in a PM just just wait for it stay up all night and wait for me to send it. And I'll make sure I'll make sure to hit the I'll just make sure to hit a, a single key on my keyboard so it looks like I'm typing <laughs> all night. Actually, it's just one of those like duck things like Homer used. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But no, that was uh, that's kind of my long winded uh, Atlanta story. It was uh, and that was only one part of it. Uh, baseball was really fun. Um, got way hammered going to Elmar Bar, uh, which if you ever go to Atlanta, go to the Elmar. That's where uh, Brent Hines usually goes. You see a shitload of photos of him hanging out there. And you sound, it sounds, I mean, me, whenever I go out of town, I'm always just like, well, I hope I'm in a nice hotel. <laughs> and then I just sit there the entire time. Well, you have kids. Yeah. Although I would love it's to see. It's so, it's so quiet. I'd love to see a kid's reaction to going to Magic City. <laughs> right? Oh, shit. And that's how, then that's how John went to jail. Well, not me. I'm the white dude that just stands across the bar and just creepily watches everything. <laughs> And that's how John got sent to jail. Well, that that would be more accurate. <laughs> All right. Well, this is definitely the most not safe for work uh, episode of. Ah, man. You know, as soon as someone talks about buttholes and toes, I was like, well, I got a butthole and toe story for you, too. <laughs> I had no doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, don't speak of it. I know what you're saying. <laughs> Just stop yeah. explaining, dude. Okay. So anyway, that's a no doubt song uh, off of a. <laughs> Dude, don't tell me it hurts. <laughs> mm. Imagine being Tony Canal. You know, you break up with this girl that you guys, you know, everyone was like, "Oh, you guys are a cute couple, and you're gonna make it." And then, like, the whole reason your band got super successful is because of your relationship failing. Yeah, well, you know, um, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. According to you, Craig Gaskin. Well, he can. He's he's a master comedian. Of course, he could just make stuff up. <laughs> would you ever go see him in <laughs> i just <laughs> i just imagined you <laughs> going to see him perform and then you're just like you're full of shit <laughs> you know i probably would but that would require me leaving my hotel room why are we in a hotel room still in this scenario <laughs> i don't know i feel like i would have gone to see a band like because i do that pretty often i go out of town to see bands uh never stay in a hotel though i'm always like i'm still 19 i'm gonna just drive home in the middle of the night I know the band went on at 12.30, but, you know, it's fine. Well, I guess the nice thing about living in the Midwest is it's all flat. It's very flat, but it's really easy to fall asleep on the way home. Sure is. Because, I mean, seriously, dude, it's like you look left and right and there's just nothing. Yeah. Like, like within, like, uh, you're, I, you probably haven't, but there's this old Atari game called Night Driver. Mm-hmm. And all the graphics are literally just lights that pinpoint the edges of the road. That's what it's like. Like driving through Illinois in the middle of the night, <laughs> coming home, like it's exactly like Night Driver. And Night Driver is also a really good way to go to sleep if you can't fall asleep. <laughs> you know what puts me to sleep? Going to sleep. 
Yeah, well, well make sure you're playing the game and not actually driving home in the middle of the night. Right. No, That's man, my I, advice for you. I don't know how many times I feel like I've almost died coming home from shows. Yeah, oh my goodness, I can't. You know how many Is times I've not Patreon only died? <laughs> yeah, dude, dude not, not, how many times I've not only almost died coming home from shows, but like had other people in the car with me. Like Joe, Joe's almost bit it more times than I have. <laughs> Just just being in the car with me. Because I feel like it's one of those situations where I made a bad decision, so if somebody's going to die, it's going to be the person whose fault it's not. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that, I guess. It's it's positive thinking. It's something I've been trying out lately. Uh, I guess uh, we should positively uh, start wrapping this uh, gr- creaky flight. <laughs> this thing's oh, just off the rails all over the place. Creaky, <laughs> creaky flight. Okay. Yeah, you know. This cool. is like one of, this is one of those like budget airline flight podcasts. Absolutely. <laughs> Please be a sponsor. Yes, absolutely. But uh no. Um if you like to keep up with Craig Gas, you can find him on Facebook at I Love Gas, G A S S, Instagram at Craig Gas Comedy, and Twitter at Craig Gas Comedy. <laughs> or Dan, do you know what the website is? Uh I love gas.com. You're close. It's getgas.com. Oh, okay. Well, can't win tonight with Dan on uh, Craig Gas. I thought this was going to be a good one. Maybe uh, maybe you'll feel differently, uh, but if you like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find Metal Nexus on metalnexus.net, Metal Nexus, Facebook at Metal Nexus, Instagram at metal.nexus, and Twitter at metal underscore nexus. And Dan, where can people find you to send all the hate about you not liking Craig Gas? Well, I mean, you're, first of all, you're going to have to get in line, and uh, but you can absolutely send me an email at uh, discussmetaldan at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can find me on Facebook under regular old Daniel Terry or just Daniel Terry. I don't know what you'll get if you type regular old Dan Terry in. Uh, you'll probably get you know the, the aging jazz, well, no, the dead jazz musician who was far more successful musically than I will ever be. I don't know. You got time to catch up now. Well, I, I really do, and I feel like I feel like I've already had a big enough establishment of failure that I can at least go down in the history books for that. There you go. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us at Bruce Speak Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find us on YouTube, and uh, you can actually watch this interview with Craig. I've been slowly posting up all the other videos. Uh, the one with Joel is up. The one with uh, Manuel from Zealand Arter is up. And so is the one with Kyle from Bad Wolves. So uh, I did not have one with the next person we're talking to, which is Amy Shiretto. Uh She is a publicist, and that will conclude our Sonic Temple Festival coverage. Um, but, yeah, so if you would like to watch any of those, go over to the YouTube channel. Uh, as with always on anything, follow, rate, review, subscribe, do all that kind of fun stuff. We are trying to get Kevin Smith for the, our podcast for our 200th episode, which is just around the corner. We have been using the hashtag, KevinSmith200Yes. Use it, tag him politely on things, and let him know that you want him on this podcast. Because you know what? I want him on this podcast. I think you would be incredibly entertaining. Uh, you know, either that or I'll get one word in, and then uh, he'll just talk like, you know, he always does. Yeah, I mean, and that's fine too. I mean, can you imagine? I, I could, and I would be absolutely thrilled because it would be for technically an audience of one, which would be me being stared at watching him talk knowing he's just talking to me at the moment and then we release it and then you know people would be like wow you you have a halfway decent podcast you sounded really good and i'd be like yeah i asked one question so i uh, thanks for you know listening you're like tell me about onion rings and then two hours later that's my favorite on uh i think it was too fat for 40 it was a q a and literally the first person asked him a question like three hours later <laughs> 
it just meandered so all over the place that that was literally the only question that got asked. Oh boy. And then the bonus feature are bonus features is like another like five or six questions that he did actually answer. But I was just like, it's so funny because that's like how he wraps up. He's like, I realized it was only you, and I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it would be uh, it'd be really great to have a. Uh, have him on and, and talk to him about the you know the importance of music in uh movies and so forth it's obviously something if you get to hear him talk about it he's very passionate about and i think is uh something he doesn't get to talk about at length yeah i think that'd be really cool so again kevin smith 200 yes use the hashtag make it trend somewhere do a trending thing <laughs> yes make make it go viral as they say and for the brutally speaking podcast i am john and i am dan and we will talk to you next time